Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampire for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. I would start this off by saying good evening, but that would be a lie. I'm actually on my lunch break, but don't worry. I have a basement office with no windows. To my fellow vampires, that is the only way to maintain a day job and keep your evenings free. You have to have a windowless basement room. So I am recording on my lunch break. If my boss ever hears this, Hey, I'm on my lunch break. It's okay. But I had to come to you guys. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and apologize for two things. One, the clickety clacking you hear behind you would be my dog who's dancing around at my feet. I don't know why. The other thing is the squeaky chair. It's great for my back, but oh, is it noisy. Alas, um, I promise Tonight, when the sun goes down, I will venture out to get some WD-40 or the blood of my enemies to grease the mechanics underneath the chair, and hopefully it will stop squeaking. But for now, I'm too excited. I wanted to record this right away so I don't have either of those things handled. Oh, she's settling down at my feet. It's okay. That's the joy of having mind control over animals. Well, not this one, though. Let's be honest. I have no control over this animal. It's a bonus episode, everybody. I know that October is only supposed to be the real stuff. I'm supposed to set aside any works of fiction and just talk about the real deal. But, uh, surprise, <laughs> I did not plan this. I'm literally recording it and then uploading it because I am, I have to talk about this. So we are going to call this a little bite or a bonus episode. I haven't decided yet. That's how unplanned this is, okay? So I started watching Anne Rice's interview with the vampire on AMC with the intention of it being a November episode, but I could not wait. I had to talk about this and you are the only people I want to talk to about it. I know that you have all been waiting for me to mention it or see it or hear my opinions. I think some of you might even have been waiting to hear from me if it's even worth it. If you're like me, you had to get the AMC plus, um, uh, subscription. So you might even be waiting for me Lena Nazari, your host, which I didn't even mention because I'm so excited to talk right now. Um, so I think some of you, knowing you the way that I do, have been waiting to hear from me if it's even worth it. Unlike my usual episodes, I'm going to try very hard to not give away too much of the actual story. I don't want to ruin things for you. You know, normally I don't care, and I assume when you click listen on my episodes, you've either already seen the material or you don't really care. 
Um, but with this one, I actually, I really want to try and not ruin it for you, but I can't promise things. Sorry, not sorry. It's what I do. Just spoiler alert, everybody. I may give stuff away, but there is so much to take in that I, I feel like I'm not ruining it too much. At this point, there's only three episodes that have aired, so my review will, will only have parts, not the whole thing, in subsequent little drinks, or un petit coup, as Lestat would say. I will add more to the review until the very end when we have a full review um, and I get to see more of the show. I've actually never done something episodic. I've never gone episode by episode, so please bear with me, but I felt that if there was any time for me to do it, it was now. So you and I are doing this together. Um, we'll call ourselves uh, virgins, I guess. We're virgins to this whole thing. So let's do this. If you don't know, our leads are Sam Reed as Lestat and Jacob Anderson as Louis. I believe if you go back and listen to my um, first episode of this season, Jeremy and Logan and I even talk about the fact that this was announced. Um, and now all these months later, it's, it's, it, it is coming to fruition. It is ready for you to watch. And so they are no longer just names to me. They are now tangible. Okay. Anne Rice's interview with the vampire, uh, 2022. I, I, I'm not going to summarize it. Uh, normally this is when I would summarize things, but I am going to assume that you are familiar with the material. And if you are not, it doesn't really matter because you can just sit down and watch the show. You don't have to have read all of the books. If you have read all of the books, then you already know. So I'm just wasting my uh, precious breath by describing the whole thing to you. As of right now, there's no actual vampiric references. There are a couple Easter eggs, which I will talk about. And as of right now, I don't know too much trivia, but I will bring it to you as it is revealed to me. At the time of this recording, the show has only been out, what, nine days. So um, there's not much trivia. I was able to watch a behind the scenes, um, but we will get back. As I get juicy bites of trivia, I will bring them to you. First and foremost, relationship to humans. In this universe, the vampires are able to walk among humans, but don't be fooled. They will eat you and burn your body before anyone even knows you are missing. Uh, it is the rare human, the special human that gets to be turned. For the most part, they're using you for your money, your sex, or your blood. That's it. <laughs> appearance. Unlike the movie version of 1994, there's none of that like visible blue veins. They, they're not even that much paler than humans. The quote unquote dead giveaway, see what I did there, are the bright eyes. Um, some people in the show even comment on Louis's eyes after he is turned. And the, and the eye colors and the pupils do change based on the uh, emotion that's happening for the vampire. And when I say color, I don't mean that they go from green to blue to red or whatever. I just mean that the shade will brighten or dim. In the show, um, Louis has green eyes. Lestats are more gray. They're kind of like my blue. They're almost on the edge of gray. And then Claudia will have sort of an amber color, but we've yet to see her in the show. So I'm very excited. 
fangs. Oh, they are exactly what Lena loves. They are two sharp, retractable canines. Um, I did notice that the length actually varies depending on what's happening. So you can almost look at the fangs like an erection. Like sometimes they're a little smaller. It's just like a hint. And then other times they're, they're much longer. So the fangs do change in size. And I thought I was going crazy, but I watched a behind the scenes. And in fact, they do change in size. I am not crazy. I'm just very perceptive. Now, Claudia, who again, we have not seen yet, will have two on the top and two on the bottom. So almost more like a werewolf thing, which I find very interesting. Um, but I will talk about that in later bites. Blood. These vampires need blood. They love their, there is so much blood in this show and I am here for it. If left unfed, the bloodlust will overcome them and they will eventually pounce. They can't control it. So think of somebody who, you know, you did that fast for a day or two because you just wanted so desperately to lose weight or whatever, and then you can't take it anymore and someone waves something in front of you and you just fucking devour it. Oh, I just cursed. Well, I guess I'm going to have to mark this as explicit, but that's what happens. You hold off, you hold off, you hold off, and then you just kill. And sometimes maybe not the best person at the best time. So something to keep in mind. Now, these vampires can feed off of animals. We see Louis attack a rat and unfortunately a cat, but um, it unfortunately doesn't make him... While it keeps him alive, it does not make him the vampire he could be. So it sort of takes away his energy. He even mentions it takes away his libido. He says, I, I couldn't even hold up a book. So is that really existing? I don't know. I guess it depends on why. Um, but you can feed off animals should you desire to. Human food. We actually see Louis eat a dessert. Um, I'd love to know what that dessert was. I feel like maybe I'm not fancy enough to have known what it was, but um, it's a big moment in the book between, I'm sorry, in the show between Louis and Daniel, our interviewer. It was actually a very beautiful moment. It was very quick and fleeting, but I just thought it was a beautiful moment. So shout out to, to the man who plays Daniel. Oh, I'm such a bad person. I didn't look his name up, but I, I will talk about you in subsequent bites, I promise. Um, so he's, Louis says that he eats human food once a week to hold on to his tie to humanity, but he admits, he admits that it just kind of tastes like, like paste. So yes, they can eat it. They don't like vomit afterwards, like maybe the vampires and what we do in the shadows, but it doesn't taste like anything. So it's really more like a ritual for him, if that makes sense. Sunlight. In direct sun, the vampires do start to turn to ash. Louis holds his arm into a sunbeam to show Daniel, and it starts to sort of like turn to ash. It almost looked to me like incense when incense starts to burn, um, but then he pulls it back and he heals it. So, you know, good for you. Sleep. In this, the vampires sleep in coffins, but um, in a really cool, you know, when I write my books, I always think if I were a vampire in this time, what would I need to survive? Like I said, a windowless room in the basement to do work during the day with the humans so they don't know that you're a vampire. But in this particular scenario, they have like hidden passages. Um, they pull on something or they push something and the coffin room is exposed, which 
very smart. So they have a coffin room that's that's locked away. Um, but in the present day, as Louis is talking to Daniel, he has a penthouse and all of the windows are specially treated to protect him from the sun. So he's just seen walking around in the day. So following that vein, you see what I did there? He could actually walk around amongst the uh, living as long as he were in his apartment um, and then could just sleep in a bed. So as long as you're out of the sunlight. Holy items. There is actually a scene in a church. It's actually the turning scene, not to ruin anything. Um, so I guess crosses and the such don't don't work on these vampires because uh, Lestat comes right into the church, has no problem. So we're going to assume holy items, not a thing. As of right now, the only rule I've really heard is don't feed past the point of death. So this goes back to the dead man's blood. If you drink past the point of the heart ceasing, it will actually pull you under. And that stays consistent from the books to the 1994 version to this version. So they do hold on to that rule. As far as powers, very fast, very strong. Pretty consistent amongst the vampire universe. There's a, an amazing scene where Louis sort of loses his control and kicks in the door of his family's home. And when I say kicks it in, like tornado. So very, very strong. Um, we do see Lestat levitate. I don't know if this hints to actual flying or just levitation, but we do see that. They are able to read minds and they can speak telepathically, not just to other vampires, but also to humans. So they can insert thoughts into your brain. Um, and we see Lestat freeze time, which that's that's not one we see too often. So we see him freeze time. And in the beginning, before Louis turned, he sort of refers to it as like his tricks. But Lestat, as we know, is very powerful. So we just, as of right now in the third episode, have only seen inklings of what he can really do. How are they made? So I got to see the turning scene. Um... This is not anything different than we've seen before. You feed to the point of almost death and then drink from the blood of a vampire and that will turn you. Uh, in this in this um, reimagining, the turn is kind of quick in the fact that he opens his eyes and you get to see his new eyes. However, just like in the novel in the 94 version, it is followed by extreme pain because in this world, vampires feel themselves die. So they feel the mortal body die and it is played in a way that's like he's in agony, but then he's almost like drunk and funny and like silly and, and, and then he's in pain and then he's drunk again. It was so well done that I couldn't look away. It was so amazing to watch as a nurse to watch what it would be like to be alive and aware in a dying body but also be drunk on what you've just taken in it was so well played and it was done in a new orleans cemetery which i couldn't think of a perfect a more perfect setting for that um, but that is how the turning happens in this universe do they have a heartbeat and do they breathe? So we know they have a heartbeat because like, as as the change is happening, as he is drinking Lestat's blood, he describes it in this beautiful monologue about hearing two drums. He hears a drum and then he hears a second drum and they're both playing a different rhythm. And then he comes to realize it's his heartbeat 
mixed with Lestat's. So they have a heartbeat. Whether or not they breathe, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Obviously, the actors in the show are breathing. Um, but whether or not they need to breathe, I have yet to see. Now, if they are resting in a coffin, that is pretty much airtight. So if they are resting in a coffin, science tells us that they do not need to breathe oxygen. But that's me as a nurse just talking to you about this and trying to reason it out. But I don't know yet if they breathe. I'm not able yet to really talk about how they die, if they're good or bad, tropes I love and tropes I hate. And I will not do my ratings, sorry everybody, until the end of the season. Now, I, it is my um, prediction that we will see multiple seasons of this show. But um, I promise you that if the end of season one is not the end of the series, I will give you ratings. But I can't promise that they, I will maintain those ratings. So those ratings may change. As of right now, I, I have not seen enough to give any ratings, which is why I'm calling this a bonus episode and not a full episode, because you're just going to have to wait, okay? <laughs> you're just going to have to wait. But I will give you my thoughts so far because obviously every episode may change that. Four months since probably December of 2022, I'm sorry, 2021, people have been asking me, I, I bet you I have been asked this a hundred times, what do you think about the new interview? And every time I said the same thing, I'm excited, but I'm scared. I don't want them to ruin it. So when it aired, I obviously was hosting a vampire party for my uh, birthday. So I didn't watch it that day. But I think part of me, if we're being honest, was postponing it out of fear. It's like, I, I don't know how to describe it. I just, I was afraid to watch. But I knew I had to. And I finally sat down when there were three episodes available I knew I had to watch this before it got any further because if I didn't, I don't deserve to host this podcast or call myself a vampire expert. I knew this was a real-time, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be a part of something that was either awful or wonderful. The writers and directors have not done a remake, which I respect. They have done a reimagining. There's wonderful Easter eggs in the show for those of us who have read all of the Anne Rice books, including references to the Mayfair witches down the street. I just got done reading um, The Witching Hour all over again. And, and when they referenced the Mayfair witches, I like jumped up. I was so excited. They even referenced Lestat's time in the monastery, which comes later in the books. And it's funny watching the behind the scenes. Um, I don't remember if it was the writer or the producer or the director, so I apologize. But somebody said the interview that happened that we saw in 1994 was the first book. But the interview that we are getting to see now with Louis and Daniel in real time, and he held up the entire stack, he said, is, is these books. And it, it really, it promises honor to this 
massive universe that Anne Rice has created. She has created an entire universe and there's so much to draw on. So they really, really honored that with this show. And I, and I heard Jacob Anderson who plays um, Louie, he said something that actually brought tears to my eyes. And he said, I just ask the fans, give us a chance because we also love Anne Rice. And that hit me like, like a stake to the heart because it, it's true that sometimes people go into these movies or these TV shows as fans, just like us, and they don't want to ruin it just like we don't want it to be ruined. So I will take your torture away. <laughs> I love this version. I actually want to cry, not from the beauty of it or the joy of it, but from the relief because I was so prepared to be disappointed and they didn't disappoint me. It's like when you meet that person and you think you can't be real. And so many times you found out that in fact they weren't real. But then once you find this person who really is who they are presenting to you, and after that mistrust goes away, you just fall in love. And that is where I am at with this show. So let's start with the obvious. It starts in 1990, much later than the time we are used to with Interview with the Vampire. But they honor Rice by keeping it in New Orleans. I don't think they could have taken it anywhere else. And now we're in the birth of jazz. It's a time of debauchery. There's sex workers out in the open. There's drink everywhere. It is the perfect time and environment for vampires to be lost in. Every person in the show, makeup, costume, props, set design, gives it 100%. I want to walk onto this set so bad that it hurts. I think we are all used to Louis being brooding, heartbroken, this quiet vampire that you almost pity, but Jacob's Louis is not that. He starts the show by being angry. He is an outcast. He's different because of his business choices, his race, his sexuality. He was thrust into being sort of the man of the family, and he hides all of that by posturing. You know, he shows everyone around him, I am unbreakable, I'm ready to fight at any moment, I don't care about you, I don't care about anything. But then this love scene happens between he and Lestat, and it's the first time, and it's so real and heartfelt that I actually forgot for a few seconds where it was headed, even though I knew where it was headed, I fell into that moment. And then he allows himself to be vulnerable. He allows himself for once in his whole life to just be himself. And then after he's turned, that rage that was boiling underneath really, really starts to show. But it's more than just rage. You can't really boil it down to one emotion. You know, uh, we as humans and as, as walking living creatures deserve more than to be boiled down to one emotion. And for Louis, it is some, there's some bitterness in there. And then also a desire to be a better man, but also this sad acceptance that it's never going to happen. It's like, it was like watching someone choose to walk into an upcoming train, but then being pissed at the train. That's what Louis felt like to me. 
And then there's Sam Reed's Lestat. <laughs> Sam Reed is the Lestat that I didn't realize I wanted. I was actually most nervous for this performance, more than any other character. And, and Sam, pardon the pun, killed it. For Lestat to do what he does, he has to draw people in. So if you don't fall in love with him or at least feel uncontrollably drawn to him, then he can't be the predator that we all know he is. Someone in the show even says, you just wanna be around him. He's exactly what he needs to be, depending on who's next to him. To the people of New Orleans, he's wor worldly, he's elegant, he's smart. To the sex workers, he's a gentleman. To the local politicians, he's a good old boy with deep pockets. And to Louis, he is the invitation to be himself. But under all of it is this cold danger. It's like you know you should stay away, but you can't. And Sam Reed lets the indignation and the entitlement leak out of this well-trained facade at just the perfect times in just the right amounts. So you start to fall for Lestat. You fall in love with him. You're ready to beg him to please, please spend time with you. And then he snaps and you think, oh, that's right. <laughs> You're bad news. I forgot. So my favorite scene so far actually is when Lestat has been with a woman and Louis says, aren't I enough for you? And after a beat, Lestat just laughs, but not in a rude way. He laughs in a, oh, aren't you so cute kind of way. It's 100% Lestat in, in this 30 second clip, especially because he gives Louis permission to be with others, but then becomes jealous when he is. Lestat gives and Lestat takes away. Tom Cruise harnessed Lestat's annoyance and anger and Stuart Townsend played Lestat's predatory sexuality, but Sam Reed captures all of that and more. He makes Lestat the very full, complete character that we grew to know in Anne Rice's pages. He is now the Lestat that I will compare all other Lestats to. The show does not shy away from issues of sexuality, race, and how different life can be based on the money in your pockets, and it shouldn't. In this world, vampires are the ones that remind humans of how unevolved we actually are. They shine a light on our lack of humanity without even being human. Anne Rice called out all the bullshit through her books, and the people behind the show are doing exactly that, and I love them for it. Vampires are not all opulence and following your pleasure. They are dirty and vicious and raw, and this show harnesses that in such a powerful way. At this point, Lestat has just grabbed Claudia from certain death. I cannot wait to see what Bailey does with this character and how they all play together. I cannot wait to see the chemistry amongst the three of them. I hate that I have to wait for each episode, but I am so excited to have something that I am actually into, something that I can stand up and proudly back and say, this is worth your time. The only thing I have to say, and I hate to bring this all down, is 
I just wish that Anne Rice could have seen this. So I love you all. I hope that you listen to this and you go watch the first three episodes and then be with me on the ride that I am so excited to be on. Um, And I got to wrap this up because my lunch hour is coming to an end. But I wish you all wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.